told her uncle that we were up here for the holiday. Jane and I were having solstice. Now we need a place to stay. And her Christ-loving uncle watched his wife hang Mary on a tree. He watched his son hang candy canes all made with red dye number three. He told his niece it's Christmas Eve. I know our life is not your style. She said Christmas is like solstice, and we miss you, and it's been a while. So the kids jumped in our bag and sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able. Just before the meal was served, hands were held and prayers were said, sending hope for peace on earth to all their gods and goddesses. The tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch Till Timmy turned to Amber and said Is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said The pies are burning and she hit the kitchen And it was Jane who spoke She said it's true your cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow The friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and our begging sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground the best that they were able. Where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning. 'Cause now when Christians sit with pagans, only pumpkin pies are burning. Tried to do the dishes. Her aunt said, "Really, no, don't bother." Amber's uncle saw how Amber looked like him and like her father. He thought about his brother, how they hadn't spoken in a year. He thought he'd call him up and say, "It's Christmas and your daughter's here." He thought of father's sons and brothers. Saw his own son tug his sleeve, saying, "Can I be a pagan?" Dad said, "We'll discuss it when they leave." So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table, finding faith and common ground, the best that they were able. Lighting trees in darkness, learning Lewis from the old, and making sense of history and drawing warmth out of the cold. After categorically dismissing the Kyoto Protocol last year, more than a few eyebrows were raised when the Bush administration unveiled a global warming plan of its own. The Bush plan differs somewhat from the floundering Global Agreement in that it seeks to make the entire planet into a smoldering fire pit. The Bush Global Warming Plan will begin to superheat the world first by detonating all nuclear weapons in our oceans. Then, through a combination of giant oil fires, torching of forests and third-world dwellings, and a new homeland inferno project, the world's average surface temperature should approach 350 degrees by as early as this spring. The new super-hot climate will make outdoor cookouts affordable, accessible, and simple for everyone. Mr. Bush stated that he envisions quote a world where every nation has that great backyard barbecue smell unquote. And while Mr. Bush's ambitious plan has its share of detractors, few can resist the allure of a sizzling Texas barbecue and a hickory smoke-flavored planet. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's only 60 degrees on the first day of winter. Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't it? It's like first day of winter. It's pretty chilly. Very like, first day of winter, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah, I decided to walk here. Yeah. It's just like. I decided to not wear a jacket. <laughs> so uh, this is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. I did it after 14 years. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I finally did the promo you got all it. the way through. <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah, we've had that same promo since this show started in 1999. Yeah. The show, that promo we played with in the background the song it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fun. because it was y2k yeah y2k was coming so that was <laughs> and now we've got it we've replaced y2k with climate change and actual apocalypses that are happening just like, <laughs> i'm glad just, you said actual because y2k yeah. was kind of yeah a dead kind I of a bust fell asleep before it happened yeah so it might have happened and i didn't know it this is all a dream <laughs> just like so yeah all right well let's get to some of this news here uh, this one somehow managed to not make it on the front page of the Southern Illinois, and I heard Paul mentioning in the previous show, but we're mentioning it here on WDBX. Hundreds gather in Carbondale for IDNR hearing on fracking rules. On Thursday night last night, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, IDNR, held its fifth and possibly final public hearing on the proposed administrative rules for hydraulic fracturing in Illinois. Several hundred people attended the Carbondale hearing, and several dozen spoke. I didn't even know how many it was. It was a few hundred. The whole ballroom was full. They must have set up seating for like, I don't know, 300 people or more. And, and there was standing room only? Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Uh, there and was I mean, so it was many two people. hours of public comments. Yeah. And each person had four minutes. So it's more than several dozen. Yeah. So let's see. Let me do the math here. Okay. That's several dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they were, they were, there were people singing outside, anti-fracking carols. There was someone actually singing inside. One of the comments submitted was a, a song. It was a modification of This Land is Your Land. And it was, uh, the, one of the, uh, panelists was actually moved by, if they remember their time in Southern Illinois at SIU. And the song This Land is Your Land was apparently, uh, part of Bobby Kennedy's campaign. And it reminded them of that. Oh, wow. So the panelists spoke out of order and said, oh, this reminds me of when I was in Southern Illinois and we sang This Land is Your Land. So even, even, I think this is the first time from what I've heard that even the panelists were moved by the turnout of people at this meeting. <laughs> it's like, you forgot to talk about Sandy's naughty list. Oh yeah, Santa's list. There was a list there of all the naughty and nice, and all the people on this particular list were the naughty ones, the people who, who voted in favor of the fracking regulation, the people who were making the rules, uh, it was people, they were checking them off there, like, oh, uh, Bradley, he's naughty. He's been doing, he's been doing support for fracking. So Santa, Santa's elves have declared him naughty. So in addition to the hearings, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources is also ex- ex- accepting written and online comments. Now one of the interesting things I've heard is this is the first time that online comments are being accepted. Yeah. In the past they had the public hearings for things. 
and they had you know you know have to mail in. So this is the first time online comments are being accepted, and it might be the last time because the website <laughs> has crashed a bunch of times. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they've been getting a lot of online comments, and you can also go to uh, protect Illinois from fracking. It's protect IL from fr- protect IL from fracking dot org, and they've got suggested comments. Because those the rules are long and convoluted, and like it takes a while to figure out what exactly is going on, even if you've got high reading comprehension. I mean, it's just well, the rule that jumped out on me is if they were caught breaking the rule, the highest fine they could have was twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it was as little as fifty dollars. Yeah, it could be fifty dollars. Like, oh, you poison our well, it's fifty dollars. You, know. you know, but the highest fine if they break. So this is like supposed to be the strictest rules in the nation. Yeah. <laughs> Now, a bunch of other places have did moratoriums, which I think is a stricter rule. Yeah, that is stricter. this is the strictest regulation. Yeah. Um, however, if you break the regulations, the most you're fine is going to be is $2,500. Yeah. So basically, if you cause an earthquake that levels southern Illinois, your fine is $2,500. <laughs> right. So. Or if you poison the entire water supply of a city in, in southern Illinois. Don't give them ideas. $2,500. Yeah. It's just like... Um, if you would like a link to the online comment form, please email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we'll send, send you the long link. Otherwise, dnr.illinois.gov is the website, and you could maybe drill yourself down to the comment form. Yeah. Otherwise, you pro- all you could do a uh, good search. <laughs> um, that's an online search engine where money goes to nonprofits. Yeah. So let's Speaking see. of fracking, yes, bankrupt fracking firm suing New York governor to end moratorium. <laughs> North Energy is a failure when it comes to its core business, drilling for gas and oil. Despite America's huge drilling boom, the company is bankrupt. Unable to turn a profit as a driller, the company has taken to suing government and officials that limit fracking, blaming them for its undoing. Attorneys for the company's trustees filed a lawsuit Tuesday against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and two state commissioners claiming that the state's fracking moratorium had brought about the company's undoing. The Press and Sun Bulletin reports, The suit asks the court to force the Cuomo administration to finalize a study that would determine whether large-scale fracking, this is a controversial technique to help extract gas from shale formations, can proceed in New York, arguing that repeated delays in the state's decision-making process are grounds for a judge to intervene. Now, when you're talking large-scale fracking, you think they'd have to be kind of a detailed, comprehensive study. (laughs) Yeah, you would think so. That was one of the comments people were making last night was, you know, it shouldn't be incumbent on citizens to prove how dangerous it is. It should be incumbent on the industry to prove that it's not dangerous, you know. If you want a permit to frack, you should have to demonstrate, oh, you know, this technology is not going to poison the local water supply or cause earthquakes. This lawsuit is kind of crazy, though. I mean, uh, I, I'm hoping it's just going to get thrown out of court because the, the state of New York is doing what it believes is protecting the safety of its citizens. I don't see how you can sue, personally sue them for 
for keeping the water supply. Oh, you can sue for anything. <laughs> I mean, you can you, you can sue. You can try. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we're a sue happy culture. But a lot of times I mean, people settle because they don't want to spend the money going through the suing process. Yeah, that's why it seems like an extortion thing to me. You know, they're trying to bully them and die. They're dropping the moratorium. But I mean, I don't see how they are going to legitimately sue. I mean, maybe we could get Paul in here to, and to explain what the logic is of saying we're going to sue the government for protecting our water supply. I think. Unfortunately, in America, suing has very little to do with logic. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I have feel, I feel wronged. Someone has to be blamed. It's not my fault. Someone else has to be blamed. Yeah. And that's my opinion. Editorial <laughs> opinion has come out. Um, please send, uh, what do you call it? vitriol and um, disgust at my opinion to info at yourcommunityspirit.org <laughs> we also do have a Facebook page if you want to like uh, communicate with us in that format yeah <laughs> well that's also why we need some really awesome lawyers out there like Paul to, to who know the legal system and can respond to all okay so last <laughs> week whoever did Paul's show did a song about Paul die Paul <laughs> burn Paul burn something yeah. like that and we're saying he's awesome yeah balance out the world yes. hey Paul balance it out a shout out to Paul <laughs> <laughs> alright so you know we've, we've already talked a little bit about fracking but let's mention at least one more story here about fracking this is a rather important one for the human species <laughs> another reason to hate fracking it could screw up your sexual health what <laughs> yes, another thing to add to the list of ills caused by fracking. Nasty chemicals capable of wreaking havoc with our hormonal systems have been discovered lurking in the Colorado River, which is a source of drinking water for 30 million people. And scientists suspect that the fracking industry is the culprit. Frackers are allowed to keep a lot of the chemicals that they pump into the earth a secret. Okay, question how can they be allowed to keep it a secret <laughs> well they, they are they are pumping chemicals that can endanger our health yeah and they're allowed to keep those chemicals a secret apparently i mean they they've been keeping them a secret they've been allowed to for now <laughs> huh that's okay. that's public disclosure you know we can fall Apparently, we can follow Freedom of Information Acts to find out what the government's doing, but what the corporations are doing, that's a secret. I mean, is it that much of a trade secret? They're just, what is the point of the chemicals? I mean, they're pumping liquid into the ground to push the gas up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, so that... what, what do you need the chemicals for at all? Yeah. Well, the is chemicals... Is it just a way of getting rid of chemicals? Are these... You know, fracking companies, you know, in partner with chemical companies and they're trying to get rid of chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. I mean, the chemicals do have a use. I know they, uh, it'd be cheaper to just use water. So they just use water if they didn't need the chemicals. The chemicals help. How is it? Okay. It's cheaper to use water. Yeah. I mean, it's probably cheaper to use the chemicals if you're being paid to dispose of those chemicals. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I mean, they, they could slip in some ones in there that have no use other than to just dispose of them. And, uh, yeah, well, these these chemicals. I think we have started uh, media expose. Yes. Let uh, us know if you solve the problem, we will report it. Yes, expose <laughs> on fracking chemicals, and that's another one of those things. If they're not dangerous, why do you need to keep them secret? You know, they they say it's for trade secret reasons, but from what we've 
we can tell that all the fracking companies are using similar chemicals anyway. So it's not like they're preventing each other from learning what exact blend of hydrochloric acid and benzene and like, you know, it, even if that is the real reason they're doing it, public interest trumps that, you know, like, oh, we, it might spoil the secret recipe of an energy company. You know, the other companies might find out what exactly they're using. But if that's what medical personnel need to diagnose illnesses, then we should know that. It's like kind of like if I were making, uh, I won't say a brand name, if I were making peanut butter cups, you know, and the peanut butter cups are making people sick, then I would have to say what's in them so that doctors could know, like, how to treat the people who are sick. Um, Coca-Cola has never told what their recipe is, <laughs> and it makes a lot of people sick. Yeah, <laughs> what do you it call? does. Coca-Cola can be used to strip blood. This is what the highway patrol does when there's an accident on the highway. Yeah, they put Coca-Cola. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, no. or an off-brand soda. Well, I have done the experiment where you put something in Coca-Cola and see how long it takes to dissolve. Yeah. It's quick. <laughs> I was just like, so, yeah, I mean, they haven't disclosed the secret recipe in that, and it makes a lot of people sick. Yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> these, these secrets, you know, you would think that public interest and public health would trump private profits, but maybe not in our current society. Huh. So, this could screw up your sexual health. Most people, yeah, there's a lot of chemicals out there screwing us over. Yeah. So. Yeah, these are the scientific term for these are endocrine, endocrine disruptors. They disrupt the endocrine system, which is the system, it's a network of organs that produce and regulate levels of hormones, like estrogen in women and androgen in men. So, I don't know if you realize this. I don't know if you know Biology 101, but disrupting our reproductive process, kind of a big deal. <laughs> if if we have a single generation where none of us are able to reproduce, it's over. It's just the species is gone. That's it? Yeah, just one generation. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could try I, to we, clone we or something. We would keep trying to figure out how to keep going. We would try, you know, but even cloning, I mean, our technology for cloning right now involves, you know, creating a, a embryo in the lab and then putting it in... Uh, a live person and put, having them take it to, to term. True. So let's not disrupt our endocrine system. <laughs> Maybe a bad idea. BP engineer found guilty of obstructing justice. In May 2010, as BP prepared to try to staunch the flow of oil from beneath direct deep water horizon rig by dumping mud over the blowout, some of the company's engineers knew the effect was bound to fail. But the mud dumping plan, codenamed Top Kill, moved forward anyway as the media's world's media watched on. Sure enough, Top Kill failed to staunch the leak. Now, one of the engineers who knew the effort would fail, Kurt Mix, later tried to keep that a secret from investigators. When Mix found out that his iPhone was about to be seized, he deleted more than 100 text messages. Messages such as, too much flow rate, over 15,000. In that message, Mix was warning a colleague, that 15,000 barrels of oil was leaking out every day, which was much too much oil for the operation to handle, and three times the rate that BP had stated publicly. Talking about secrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the presumably panicked decision to delete the text on Wednesday, why didn't he just, like, stop the phone? <laughs> yeah. I was just like... Smash the phone. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not even a criminal, and I'm like, <laughs> um, you know they're going to seize your phone. Just like, oops. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
dropped it in the toilet. No, I guess, I mean, they could probably uh, still restruct it. Yeah. Well, cause probably he knows that probably if they'd caught him doing that, they could say, you smashed it on purpose, that's obstruction. So he's like, I'll just delete my texts and they won't check on my server to see what texts I got. Like, <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> An engineer who didn't know apparently how iPhone and SMS communication Yeah, I mean, worked. it doesn't, it's not just saved. Nowadays, nothing is just, you can't delete anything. No. <laughs> I tried to sell a, a uh, give away my old laptop. Yeah. I spent like six hours trying to delete it, reformat it. It's so old I couldn't reformat it. <laughs> but yeah. I deleted most everything. And then I looked down at it and I was like, well, it's got a third of the memory still full. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? And it was just like, you can't find, I mean, it's completely no memory on it, you know, nothing, no files on it at all. Yeah. And it's still got a third of the memory full. <laughs> but it is five years old, so. Yeah. All right. Back to the news. The presumably panicked decision to delete the texts on Wednesday led to the 52-year-old Texan being found guilty by a jury of one charge of obstruction of justice, a charge that carries a maximum penalty of 20 years imprisonment. He avoided conviction on a second similar charge. His attorneys vowed to appeal. Hmm. So, Do the crime, do the time. <laughs> so the people who, for these corporations who do these things are actually liable to criminal suits. Now, this next one's interesting. Even though we had all that snow, November was still a record warm. Yeah. Well, I guess December. December was one for us, like... Really, we got the cold weather. Like, yeah. You know, two weeks here. Yeah, but and there was... that, it was like, it was like, it was like on Wednesday, it was like 70. Yeah. And then on Friday, we got that cold, something like that. It was like a couple days later, all of a sudden, it was like in the teens. Yeah. And it turns out we weren't alone in having the warm weather in November. Uh, no, November was a record warm. Maybe difficult to grasp as holiday chills and snowy weather set in across America, North America. Not today. Yeah, <laughs> today it's warm again. This, you could tell the story was written a couple days ago, or at least not written in southern Illinois. But last month was the globe's hottest November on record. It was the 37th consecutive November of above-average temperatures. Which is remarkable, not only because records date back to the 18 to 1880, but because previous record-breaking Novembers came during El Nino years, when the Pacific Ocean heats up. There is currently no El Nino. Earth's combined average land and ocean temperature in November was 1.4 degrees warmer than the 20th century average of 55.2 degrees. So it's getting hot in here, and November was no exception. Well, it was an exception to all of the past Novembers in history. <laughs> <laughs> It just Yeah. Greenpeace thirty. Pussy Ride got Russian amnesty. They're not pirates, they're not hoodlums. The Arctic Thirty, an international group of Greenpeace activists and journalists, arrested in September at an offshore oil platform in Russia's Arctic waters are no longer accused criminals. Charges against all members of the group are being dropped by Russia, and the 26 non-Russians among them will be free to return to their homelands. Russia's parliament on Wednesday approved by a 446 to zero. <laughs> what? Imagine that in the U.S. Like if, <laughs> if all of Congress agreed on something, like <laughs> a vote on an amnesty that's expected to affect thousands of prisoners and accused criminals, also including the two jailed members of Pussy Riot. The amnesty coincides with the 20th anniversary of Russia's constitution and with the lead-up, of course, to the Winter Olympic Games, which Russia is hosting in mm -hmm. February. Yeah. 
So this is not political at all. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, from my point of view, these guys were trespassing <laughs> on private property. <laughs> okay? They should at least have that as a criminal. Something. Yeah, I understand them being charged with something. They were doing a form of civil disobedience. Right. I but... mean, you know, but it's a political. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were they were going in there and they were talking about the fact that, you know, offshore oil drilling in um, areas that are dangerous cause oil leaks. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I mean, and it's harder to stop them. And the more dangerous the area, the harder to stop the oil leak. Yeah, they're bringing they're bringing awareness to an issue that a lot of people are not aware of. Yeah, I wish I could read the language of this bill. I know it's in Russian, but <laughs> you know. Uh, did they just say, well, we went kind of crazy and we arrested a lot of people who didn't belong in jail, so let's just let them all go, you know. I, that's what I envisioned the bill saying. <laughs> no, they didn't write that. And then everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> 446. Like, I mean, 446 to zero vote. Yeah. Okay? And it's going to be thousands of prisoners and accused criminals yeah. are going to be let out. So it's like really the political prisoner kind of yeah. person. They went through their list of everyone who's political prisoners and... Well, now, when the U.S. hosts the Olympics, they don't do that. They don't really stay political, <laughs> political prisoners. But when Russia does, they they want to be gracious hosts, and they let go some of their political prisoners. Yeah, just like, <laughs> so, yeah, we only got a couple minutes left, so let's get through oh, a couple yeah. of these. Uh, one last headline here. Michael Pollan says, gardening makes you a better writer. Hey, do you garden? I, I don't. I should, though. This, there you go. You might become a better writer. Reason, reason number 10 to start gardening. Uh, here's some of his tidbits. I kept writing, and I kept gardening. I'd learned a set of values from Thoreau in the library, but it was only when I tested them in the crucible of an actual garden with actual pests on an actual patch of land that I was able to form my values more fully. So he was inspired by Wendell Berry and Thoreau and others to do that. Eating is an agricultural act. <laughs> so we don't have very many happenings. If you would like your happening to happen, you must send them to us, the happening guys, and we will mention your happening that it's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> right here on WDBX 91.1 FM. Please send an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will mention it on the air. Yes. For Kids' Sake Art Submissions, now through January 6th, For Kids' Sake is looking for student art to display and sell at the For Kids' Sake Art Auction, which will be held in April. And this is a fundraiser for um what do you call it orphans and a school in bangladesh so last year in the years past 75 to 100 pieces were uh, selected for the auction yeah so um info at for yes all right and we should mention a couple of holidays too uh we've got uh we've got yule the winter solstice coming up we've got christmas coming up uh, I will be here next week uh, for the Your Community Spirit. Uh, will you be here? Yeah. So oh, good. We'll celebrate it together. It's like, um, what's so special about next week? Oh well, next week it's it's the it's Christmas is happening. Oh, oh okay. So uh, for me, it's been happening for. <laughs> I mean, we had what Hanukkah and Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then it's just been like endless fun and snow. Thanksgiving ka. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's just been, um. It's been one big winter holiday celebration. There you go. For the so, past few weeks. But now it's spring again. And, um, wait, we have to think about <laughs> Christmas at spring? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm confused. I'm all confused by the weather. So. 
Oh, yeah, we've also got the Carbondale Farmer's Market coming up on Saturday. The Carbondale Community Farmer's Market is at Carbondale Community High School from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And, I mean, it's it's nice enough weather. Maybe they'll get crazy and do it outside, but they're probably going to do it indoors. Yeah, it's scheduled indoors. It's scheduled to be indoors, but... You forgot the holiday of the day after Christmas mm-hmm. is National Thank You Note Day, but it's also National Winer's Day. <laughs> I didn't get that present. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... So, yeah. um, again, submit your event to us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we'll see if we can get it on the air. So Yes. We will see you again on the radio on National Winer's Day. Is that? Yes, National Winer's Day. <laughs> so we'll do some whining next week right here on WDBX 91.1 FM.